You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The reading today is from Matthew 3, 13 through 17 from the Common English Bible. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Thank you, Pat, for reading our scripture this morning. So growing up, there was a song that we would sing in Sunday school, and I'm wondering if anyone here can finish the lyrics. It started, Jesus loves me, this I know. Excellent. We heard that message, many of us in this room, and I hope those of you at home heard that message growing up. It's a message that I hope the children of our community today hear. But how often as adults do we walk around the world hearing that word, you are loved. How often do we see on the news or the television or at work or just walking around in our community or driving in traffic, do we get the message that we are loved? Now, in our circles of friends and families, we hope that we hear that message frequently. But sometimes, whether it's growing up or even as an adult, there's a condition to that love. Sometimes it is, I love you because you're smart. I love you because you're kind. I love you because you're pretty. I love you because of the way you treat me. Sometimes we hear, I love you because of this thing that you do. And we can get confused and think that in order to be worthy of love, we somehow have to do or be a certain way to earn that love. But this month, we are going to dwell in the good news from God that we are loved because God has said it to be true. The good news is that we are each God's beloved child as the core of our identity. Nothing we can do to earn that, nothing we can do to lose that. This is the good news, that each and every one of us is God's beloved. And more than that, it means that the ones sitting next to us or the ones sitting across the political aisle or the ones around the world, those two are God's beloved children. And that changes the way that we live. For the next month, we'll be dwelling in the scripture text, but we're also going to be using some inspiration from the writings of Henri Nouwen, a Dutch Catholic priest. When Nouwen was asked by a friend of his, who was a secular Jew, to explain his faith in simple language, Nouwen responded by writing a book entitled Life of the Beloved. Throughout this short text, he shows how all 
people are unconditionally God's beloved. And so I begin today by sharing with you how he begins his book. Dear friend, being the beloved is the origin and the fulfillment of the life of the spirit. I say this because as soon as we catch a glimpse of this truth, we are put on a journey in search of the fullness of that truth. And we will not rest until we can rest in that truth. From the moment we claim the truth of being the beloved, we are faced with a call to become who we are. Becoming the beloved is the great spiritual journey we have to make. Becoming the beloved, becoming what we already are. That is the summation of the spiritual journey, according to Nowen. Now, each one of us is on a different place on this spiritual journey of claiming that truth for ourselves and of becoming the beloved that we already are. So my expectation over this next month of worship is that the themes will either resonate with you personally in your experience of where you are now, or it will help you cultivate empathy and understanding for others who struggle to embrace this truth and for others who struggle to hear that they are beloved and that this is a transformational sense of identity. Becoming beloved is much more than just the knowledge that God loves us. Embracing the truth of being beloved means that it is both who we are and who we are becoming. It is an opportunity to celebrate that it is what God is doing in us. It's not a credential on a resume. It's not a course we take, a certificate we get. As Nowen has said, belovedness is the core of our identity, and we live from this truth. It all begins for those of us in the church in the story that Pat just read for us a moment ago. This is the story of Jesus being declared the beloved by God. He was about 30 years old, and he was ready to begin his public ministry. In the common English translation that we heard a moment ago, the voice from heaven says this. This is my son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Other translations say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Or this is my son chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. What a beautiful phrase. Delight of my life. Whatever phrase we hear in scripture translated, the point of the passage is the same. God is happy. God is pleased. God is delighted. God is joyful that Jesus is who he is. And he declares that Jesus is beloved. This declaration comes before Jesus has started his public ministry, before Jesus has been teaching or preaching or performing miracles. God doesn't say, I'm pleased with my son because of all the wonderful sermons he's given. He doesn't say, I'm pleased with my son because of all the people he has healed. God simply says that he is the delight of my life. This son whom I dearly love. God declares that to be true before Jesus has done any of the amazing things that we read about in the gospels. 
And later on in his ministry, Jesus invites us to share in this same baptism of Christ, to share in that same declaration of being God's beloved children. Christ invites us to participate in this belovedness. Now being baptized doesn't make us beloved. It is simply a sacred moment where we can celebrate God's declaration of belovedness. And then we spend the rest of our lives growing into the truth of this identity. Whether we're baptized as an infant or an adult, becoming the beloved that we already are is the journey that we are on. And if you're hearing this and you're not yet baptized, do not despair. God does not withhold belovedness from you. But baptism is a vital part of embracing our identity as God's beloved. So if you're not yet baptized, I hope that you'll talk with me, that we can celebrate the opportunity that God has for you to receive and honor this belovedness. Baptism as an infant is appropriate because God is the one who declares us to be beloved. God is the one who claims us as part of this journey of faith. It's also appropriate as an adult to celebrate what God has been doing in your life. In the Methodist church, we believe that baptism only needs to happen one time because God does it right the first time. But for so many of us, it's easy to forget our identity. And that's why in a few moments, I'll invite those of us who are here in person to come forward to the baptismal font, to touch the water, maybe to make the sign of the cross on, the, on your forehead. Whatever action will help you reconnect with the truth of who you are so that your heart and your mind will embrace the truth that you are God's beloved and that you are being the beloved every day. Now and challenges us to become who we already are. I've heard this story from a few different sources, so I can't tell you exactly where this science experiment was done, but I've been told about an elementary school where teachers were told at the beginning of the term, certain students in their classroom were gifted. But the researchers had given that gifted label out at random. There was no connection to test scores. And the study continued at the end of the year, and it showed that those students who the teacher thought were gifted were now scoring off the charts from their other peers. The children who had been told they were gifted became what they believed themselves to be. And so today... It's your opportunity to remember that God has declared you and you and you and you beloved, and we can become the beloved. Lest you think the good news of Jesus is just about feeling special and good. Let me share with you a little more of Nouwen's writings about being the beloved. Becoming the beloved means letting the truth of our belovedness become enfleshed in everything we think, say, or do. It entails a long and painful process of appropriation or better incarnation. As long as being the beloved is little more than a beautiful thought or a lofty idea that hangs above my life to keep me from becoming depressed, nothing really changes. What is required to become the beloved 
in the commonplaces of my daily existence and bit by bit close the gap that exists between what I know myself to be and the countless specific realities of my everyday life. Becoming the beloved is pulling the truth revealed to me from heaven above down into the ordinariness of who I am, who I am every moment and what I am doing hour by hour. So just as those gifted students had that sense of identity of giftedness in their English lesson and their math lesson, and when they went home to do their homework, we too have this sense of belovedness that we take to work and home and school and volunteering and doing chores and driving and traffic. You might be worried that if all we do is think about how beloved we are, we'll become some type of self-centered narcissist who thinks the world revolves around us. But now one addresses that too. To be chosen as the beloved of God is something radically different. Instead of excluding others, it includes others. Instead of rejecting others as less valuable, it accepts others in their own uniqueness. It is not a competition, but a compassionate choice. So when we embrace our identity, when we become the beloved that we already are, we will also see with God's eyes how beloved others are. Would your life be different if you looked at the person on the street corner or cutting you off in traffic and saw them as God's beloved? Theologian Cynthia Mo Labata wrote, it seems that the love to which Jesus calls us emerges from a way of perceiving the world and being in it, as well as a way of acting and feeling in response to it. It is the perception that the neighbor bears infinite worth and irrevocably beloved by God, whether he or she is above all else, a creature beloved by God, that neighbor is beloved. A few weeks ago, when we were in our new sanctuary space, writing with markers on the concrete floor to put God's word onto that space, one of the requests was that we write the great commandment where we are reminded of Jesus's words that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. We cannot love others and see their belovedness if we first don't see our own belovedness. And when we embrace that belovedness, it then allows us to love our neighbors. I recently heard an experience from someone who was attending a 12-step meeting. She talked about a conversation that she was having with someone who had decades upon decades of sobriety. And he said something so simple yet profound. In that 12-step tradition, they all talk about their higher power, describing the God of their understanding. And in this conversation, the man said to this woman, I don't know about you, but my God is crazy about me. I think that man is describing the God who said, this is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. God says that to each and every one of us. God says that we are the delight of the divine's life. How would your life be different if you woke up tomorrow and knew without a doubt that God is crazy about you? If you knew how much God loved you, would it make it easier to live like God's beloved child? 
Let's take a moment now to remember our belovedness that we claim in our baptism and give thanks that we are and we are becoming God's beloved. Thanks be to God.